right. Welcome to episode 14 of Twin Cities Trekkies. I am Wes. And I'm Kenzie. And today's topic is going to be about um, kind of like that song, Should I Stay or Should I Go? Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's pretty much a discussion, going to be a discussion about characters who um, we feel should have stayed. Um, whereas, and then there's some characters who pretty much overstayed their welcome on Star Trek. Um, I mean, granted, I love to see characters who flesh out their characters, you know, you know, over a smattering of episodes. But there are some characters, in my personal opinion, should have just gone away. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so it's kind of like that song, should I stay or should I go? Uh, so, uh, so... Um, and also, just again, it's one of those like highly opinionated things because like some people will just be like, I just don't like a character, get them out of here. Or people yeah. where it's like, I would like to have more focus on that character because I really like them. Mm-hmm. Or someone who only showed up once and it's like, why did they come back? What the yeah, heck? exactly, <laughs> exactly. So that's the topic for today. So um, feel free to send us an email again, podcast at gmail.com is our email address. You can leave us voice messages by going to acre.fm slash Twin Cities Trekkies, or you can leave us comments on YouTube. Um, the hand, uh, You can find Twin Cities Trekkies pretty much easily on YouTube. There's a comment section. Just make sure you subscribe and hit the bell so you can know when the video is available. Uh, the same thing, uh, you can comment on our Facebook post or the YouTube or the Instagram post. Yep, so TC Trekkies Pod is the handle for both of those, Instagram and Facebook. <laughs> Just keep in mind that any conf- any uh, comments you may leave may be featured in a future episode of Twin Cities Trekkies. Okay, so so characters who should have stayed or should have gone. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. tough because it's also like this isn't just the defining it based on like how oh. little they showed up or maybe I feel like I think more often of like which characters I wish were a little more developed or had more screen time. Yeah. Maybe. Even if they were like a main character, like I wish mm-hmm. that they had more screen time because of who they were. Like, yeah. So um, I think I'm going to go with the character who should have gone first. I mean, who should have just left after like, I don't know, X amount of episodes. Hate to say this, but Loxana Troy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's a tough one. I think a lot of people would agree with you on that. Yeah, because I think, I mean, it's the way she uh, she's overbearing. She's, you know, in a thorn in Picard's side uh, whenever she shows up. She just drives a reaction out of a card. It's hilarious. Don't get me wrong. It's like, oh God, why is she here? You know, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, you just dread knowing that when she shows up, you're like, great. Great. Like, yeah. She's yeah. going to be causing problems. Yeah. And, you know, she made a few appearances on Deep Space Nine, um, which was good, actually, you know, when she shows up on DS9, actually. I mean, you know, she becomes a love interest for Odo. Uh, (laughs) 
which I thought yeah. was pretty, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, yeah. But you know, when she was on Next Generation, uh, I think she overstayed her welcome. Um, especially yeah. because it, like you know, it's just like whenever she appears, like and you hear Picard going like, "Oh God, like, there's a Picard yeah. face now." And nope, here we go. <laughs> here we go again. <laughs> It's a little bit of a, con- a Karen of the next generation. We're going to throw it in current terms. I'm like, oh, God, here we go. Oh, God, here we go. We got a Karen on the on the ship. So, yep. <laughs> and she always seems to annoy Picard and Deanna the most. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I think of Deanna Troy because it's like that conflict of like, oh, mom, why? Like, I don't know if you've ever been embarrassed by one of your parents where like they stand up for something and you're just like, just let it go. It's fine. Like my mom is a fiery Irish woman and she will just like totally call something out where I'm like, it's not worth it. Just leave it alone, mom. It's all good. And then just continuing to not leave the thing alone until it's handled or resolved. And I'm like, I'd rather just sweep by it and keep moving on. But Mm-hmm. Like their characters definitely like really making sure that they handle something. Being like, no, I'm gonna point out all the issues I have with this and make it super hard for you guys to get along with doing this until you meet my demands. Yeah, exactly. And it's like she always has to announce herself as daughter of the fifth house and chalice of freaks. You know, very <laughs> proud of her lineage. Yeah, she always has to like you know. She whenever she's like announced herself for the first time as like ambassador to Beta, the daughter of the fifth house, ch- heir to the sacred chalice of reeks, um, you know, and it's like, <laughs> and you know, when she tried to get married once on the Enterprise, you know, and you know, and she goes like, oh, you know, it's like, um, <laughs> you know, like Picard goes like, she's gonna get married, oh, let's get her married. Uh, she can have yeah. to, she can have her one on the ship. I don't care. Um, yeah, just get her out of here. <laughs> get her out of my hair. And you know, and it's kind of funny that one at one point she had the Hotspur Picard and it's kind of still dead. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like John Luke, what naughty thoughts. <laughs> I I think for when I think of like all like characters that I wish would have gotten more screen time, I always think of Deep Space Nine and Jake Sisko. The fact that like you know they have such a close bond, like Sisko and his son are oh, so yeah. close. It mm-hmm. just seems like you know what halfway through the series they just kind of quit exploring that, which I'm like, which is so weird considering like Next Generation, it was like the opposite, where like. Wesley was originally kind of like it's like oh Wesley like eh, dumb like you know just being like like teehee what a what a funny little boy and then he ends up becoming like a really like fleshed out character that you Mm -hmm. can actually understand and appreciate and it just seemed like they did the opposite like the writers just lost interest in Jake Sisko were like eh like just whatever he's doing fine I'm sure but I'm like, I wish they would have had him, especially since he's like hitting like a, an age in his life that like similar to Wesley, like being a teenager, you know, starting to really make decisions about his future. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that should be really important seeing his dad being like a captain of a space station. Like, you know, I would think that we'd see a little bit more of like, you know, what? I think I might join Starfleet. You know what, dad? I think, you know, like seeing how he, you know, embodies some of the things he's seen from his dad. And I'm like, I wish he would have had a little more time. Yeah, I agree with you on that, Kenzie. I do. Um, 
because um eventually he doesn't be doesn't doesn't go to start for the academy his friend nog does yeah. that was yeah it, it, and like nog gets a little more i feel like almost more screen time than he does which is also cool i like yeah. nog too so yeah and he's like a really cool character to see from going from just annoying little troublemaker on the space station to a really respectable ferengi yeah exactly and you know it's really um you know, you're right, because eventually he uh, doesn't go to Star Trek Academy. He becomes a writer um, yeah. for the Federation News Service. And so that's like that. something I, I would like to know more about that. Like, why does you for having a captain for a dad, like, mm-hmm. how you know, looking at Kirk and his dad and being like, of course, I'm going to join Starfleet, even mm-hmm. in the alternate timeline in yeah. in that timeline he still is influenced even though he hates his dad for losing his life and he's angry about losing his mom and dad in that alternate timeline he still ends up joining starfleet you know and becoming a yeah. part of that yeah exactly and it's and it's and it, yeah you're right uh yeah definitely jake cisco is a missed opportunity especially because you're right i think the writers didn't know how to write for a teenager you know and that happened yeah. with, that happened with next generation that happened with deep space nine i think that happened in, in voyager too because yeah. you know because you know each of was kind of like a teenager you know and yeah. you know i think the writers of all three shows don't know how to write for a teenager so yeah. uh, and, and it's, Which i think not- it's really interesting for something like voyager to like really getting more like I, again i think i i focus more on the kids because i just imagine being a kid on a starship or a space station and I would want to see a lot more development of them. Like I'm like Naomi Wildman in Voyager for sure. I want more of her because I'm like, how are you feeling about all this stuff? And the crazy stuff happens like your year of hell and like going through wormholes. And like, how are you sitting in the ship just being like, oh, twiddling my thumbs? Like, I'm kind of scared, but uh, do I help? Do I think I could be a helpful person? Do I feel like I need to grow up faster mm-hmm. because of the real issues that the ship is facing? Or I feel like I can still be a kid. Like, you don't really see a lot of the effects of being lost in space mm-hmm. on these kids. And, like, what does that mean? Yeah, you're right. And, you know, there's a very good episode from Voyager in which um, Samantha goes on this 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 um, mission with Tuvok in Paris. And, you know, they could be potentially be killed and stuff like that in this mission. And Neelix has the dubious task of, you know, keeping her um, out of the, in the dark of what's going on. Naomi in yeah. the dark about this. And eventually she does find out what's going on. And, you know, and, you know, Neelix has this, like, it has this whole issue about, you know, shielding people from bad news because, you know, as we all know, he lost his family and stuff like that. And, um, that kind of yeah. thing and he <laughs> i remember that one scene where he's just like you know you know it's just like you don't understand <laughs> and it's like you know and it's like and it's really you know i like that episode for that reason is because uh, of it's called once upon a time i think it's, it's called um and it's like and it's like, like the whole dynamic of the neelix uh, naomi relationship comes to full circle you yeah. know and also neelix is my other That'd be like me being a little controversial. Even though Neelix was in quite a bit, I love Neelix as a character, even if everyone thinks he's annoying. Because yeah. I feel for him <laughs> being a very like ADHD extroverted person who just wants to like make people happy and comfortable. 
Neelix is one of those people like when I was growing up I'm like this man is exactly me <laughs> like mm-hmm. I would be an annoying person be like oh you want food you want this I'll help I'll, I'm more than happy to have this oversharing and you know over investing in people and I I wish I had seen more of him than just being kind of a comic relief in a lot of stuff like seeing coil I'm like look at that what an amazing character like mm-hmm. there should have been a lot more like depth around because he's had a lot of tragedy happen but he's still really happy and mm-hmm. hopeful you don't see it ruin his life or be embittered by the universe because of what he's experienced mm-hmm. yeah more coil definitely that's one of my favorites from the about about neelix in, in, in general is yeah. because you know he he has this crisis of you know you know he he dies but he didn't go to the great forest, didn't see his family and stuff like that. So he's having this conflict about the afterlife and stuff like that for the Talaxian culture. And it's like, you know, is it real? Is it not real? Or, you know, that kind of yeah. thing. And, you know, and, you know, you know, about, you know, how he feel about his, you could see his family, which, you know, they were all killed in the Hakonian war, you know, and, you know, he confronted, you know, I mean, back in season one, he confronted the person who created that weapon and, you know, stuff like that. And at the end of the episode, he forgives him for what he did. Um, and, he di- and then the guy who creates it dies. This is right. And he gives him the satisfaction. It's like, okay, I forgive you for what happened. I forgive you for what you did and stuff like that. Yeah. So Neelix, um, I'm with you there, Kenzie. I, think, I don't think he's annoying. I know a lot of people think he is. Yeah. But, but I don't think he is because you know he does a lot of things for the, the crew to the point where he gets reprimanded at one point for because they reached the necrot expanse in the third season and he tries to procure a map and for the necrot expanse and because he wants to be continue to be useful he thinks that yeah. if they don't have a map they're not he's not useful so yeah. uh, it, it caused him to be in like a lot of trouble and stuff like that with and at the end you know january reprimands him for you know because you you're part of a family now that kind of thing you have obligations to this crew and stuff like that so that's yeah. why i like the episode fair trade which is what i'm mentioning and you know and because of that you know all the conflict you know regarding that you know trying to be useful still like he's an ambassador to the to the crew for alien races that they never encountered um morale officer chef he's like the mr know-it-all uh, <laughs> mr do-it-all I should yeah. Say. so yeah so i i think yeah i think neelix is um more i think more character characterization of neelix should have been more there in voyager um because yeah. i i think like, you know, eventually he leaves before they go back to the Alpha Quadrant. But, but it's like, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of cool that, you know, certain episodes like that, like Mortal Coil, Fair Trade, Once Upon a Time, that kind of thing. Jetro, um, those episodes really do, like, you know, show um, more of his humanity as a character. So, yeah. So, um, one character that should have been more, got more screen time in that, like that way, um, is um, Kess. Yeah. <laughs> Kess could have been more fleshed out. 
granted there was a few episodes where they actually explored you know the um okampa you know there was like one that her (laughs) her like you know the whole thing regarding the whole elogium and stuff like that that was interesting to see and you know um when she got uh, her mind was temporarily displaced by this warlord that was interesting you know and stuff like that and stuff like that but unfortunately it's kind of sad that she wasn't really fleshed out more it's really kind of sad because you know because you know unfortunately she had to go (laughs) so like it's like Garrett Wong ended up being was going to be the one to go, but then he became one of the hottest people in Hollywood, so they had to let Jennifer Wing go. Yeah, so, which is unfortunate. I, I, when I'm thinking of people, I guess I feel like I have more people that I would want to appear more or have more storyline than I do people who overstayed their welcome. Besides uh, Luxana and stuff, uh, Pulaski, I guess I would just see less of like I wish that just wasn't even a thing. I don't know. I I didn't really like her that much. And I'm like, I just kind of wish they would have just been able to keep Crusher the whole time and not weirdly switch mm-hmm. her out. Like, yeah, that she was... definitely was kind of a weird dynamic where I'm like, mm, I don't know. You don't seem to have fit the dynamic of the crew very well. Yeah, it's unfortunate because what, what the whole genesis of the thing was because um, Gates McFadden had fought with the producers during the first season of Next Generation about the way Crusher was written. Um, yeah. It's if you unfortunately if you watch the first season through and through, Crusher is written very very sexist like. Um, mm-hmm. It's very very sexist, and she was she fought with the producers on that so often, to the point where Maurice Hurley, who ended up being the head writer of Next Generation. Um, had to tell you know the producers hey you know you gotta let her go or else i'm gone so and unfortunately they chose hurley over mcfadden so uh so mcfadden had to go um thankfully they didn't kill her off which was yeah which was a good thing but you know you're right um pulaski and um diana moldar and the the cast didn't really get along very well um I mean, I mean, it got a little bit better towards the end of season two, to the point where, you know, it could have been, she could have been more there. But, um, but then Patrick Stewart tells this producers, hey, let's bring Bates back. You know, I mean, <laughs> Hurley's gone. Let's bring, let's bring back Gates. So, <laughs> and that's what they did. And they brought yeah. back, they brought back Gates McFadden. And you know mm-hmm. the, rest is, the rest is history, but I think I wonder in, in an alternate universe. I, I I know in an alternate universe, I know for probably Pulaski probably would have stayed on Next Generation. Yeah, so it kind of worked out. It just would take a good writing and making sure that things felt right. Mm-hmm. But it definitely gets influence. It's like a two way influence. Like the the show is influenced by people watching it, and then who they put on the show influence some people are watching it it's kind of like a double-edged sword of like how that how something does when they change it because that goes two ways yeah i feel like that was like uh, next generation i feel like had a lot of characters that fall in and out of these categories for me like i for a minute was gonna say maybe barkley i want to see less of but i also like his character 
because he he does end up like becoming a better person throughout it but he's still a little creepy sometimes it's a little weird and he struggles sometimes to like get along with the crew and he does kind of outlandish things and like mm-hmm. you know and he kind of pops up all over the place because he's a next generation and he shows up in voyager and at first contact and it's like he's kind of this all over the place and he helps look for Voyager becomes like obsessed with finding Voyager because he's like, Oh my gosh, does no one else care that they're like way out there? Like, I'm going to look for them. Like I want to find them and which is respectable, but Mm -hmm. he's definitely a little more of like one of those characters. I'm like, Oh no, (laughs) like could we have done without him and the creepy Troy stuff or (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) See, I'm, I like Barkley um yeah i i like barkley very much um, his i really like his clumsy decision making because i feel like it feels realistic to how a lot of people do feel overwhelmed and nervous mm-hmm. and yeah like how do they handle imposter syndrome and dealing with things like a stutter or like things that make you seem dulcy like easily if you don't seem like you're on top of it it's so easy to get imposter syndrome if you don't feel like you're mm-hmm. like up to par with your peers yeah, and yeah, you're right. He does grow, you know, to the fact like you know he, um, you know, he gets over his fear of the transporters. Um, mm-hmm. that was, yep, and to like you know, actually caring about the, the Voyager crew, even though it's a on the point of obsession. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, you know, he it doesn't bother anybody that they're stranded this far out. And, you yeah, know, I, and, and I, I can it, understand why he is obsessed because it's like, I don't know, like, it's kind of an intense thing that, mm-hmm. like, I, I don't know. I just feel like he's a really good example of, like, a character that's very much, like, he's not some super profound person, but he can be. Like, it, you know, all these characters have written to be these kind of just, like, amazing, really, I don't know, like, special people that get into Starfleet because they're special. And at Berkeley, it's like he's one of those guys. I feel like he probably just studies books really hard, but didn't have much of the skill for it. Like mm-hmm. the fact that he's afraid of transporters, it's like, well, why the heck are you at Starfleet? Like, what are you doing? But also, he overcomes it, and he yeah. still is helpful. And it's cool to see a character with social anxiety. You know, most of these characters are all pretty good at talking to each other and being really confident and really, you know, to the point and good communicators. So. I definitely, it was one of those mixed feelings. It's like him being kind of creepy to Troy and having an obsessive personality sometimes rubs me the wrong way. But that's kind of the whole point. Like, his character's written to be like that. Like, Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, <laughs> the whole Broccoli nickname that was in that one, the first episode he was in, and the whole Broccoli yeah. thing. <laughs> Mr. Broccoli. Look forward to your yeah, report, Mr. Broccoli. broccoli. <laughs> I love that scene. I love that scene yeah. like, it, it, when Picard says, "Good." I look forward to your report, Mr. Buckley. And then everyone's yeah. silent. Everyone's silent, and he says, like, oh, "Barkley." Barkley. <laughs> <laughs> he's like so. He's like so. Like you know, like you know, embarrassed for even saying it. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, I just remember that scene so well from that first episode he was in, and you know, you know, and he, I think. Being in contact with that probe in the next episode he appears in, you know, becoming so super smart and stuff like that. Yeah, when he takes over the Enterprise. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think, you know, part of that, I think, resonated with him, you know, after yeah. he was, after that was over, 
because he became more confident and stuff like that after that. So, so yeah, Barkley, I... de- Barkley definitely should have stayed. Um, I mean, yeah. especially I, I like I like I mean, I mean I'm a big fan of Dwight Schultz, you know, who played yeah. Barkley. So because like, mm-hmm. I I'm a huge old TV show fan too, and you know, and he first on the scene as um was his name Murdoch in the A Team. So yeah, um, so that's that that's um I'm a big fan of the uh, uh old old TV shows too. So. So I'm a big, I mean, he's also a big Star Trek fan himself. He was a big Star Trek fan when he was first cast as Barkley. So, so. I, yeah, I, I, there's just, yeah, it's like, it's hard for me. Like uh, pretty much a lot of Voyager. I definitely, a lot of the secondary characters, like, I guess like Paris, like Tom Paris and Bellana mm-hmm. had plenty of screen time as like a relationship but someone like Harry Kim, I'm like, what are, what's your story? Like, can I know more about you? Like, <laughs> like what are you up to? Yeah. <laughs> so we get yeah. some backstories on a lot of, Chakotay has a ton of like backstories stuff to the point where I'm like, that one could probably be pulled back a little bit more. Yeah. And I, I, I would like a lot more, maybe of like the backstories too of even Janeway. I'm like, Janeway gets to be a captain a lot, but it's like, I don't like, no one really explores too much like we have a few moments but she's definitely like a hardened shell of a captain i feel like for people it's like she's just bad at and you know yeah trying to figure out how to get everyone home and it's like no nonsense basically yeah i mean yeah like you know there have been some backstory books but written books um like, like, like written by jerry taylor who created voyager uh mosaic and pathways but then, you know, we got the autobiography of Catherine Janeway as well. That was released last year. Um, but uh, definitely, Janeway, definitely a little bit more backstory probably would have been a little bit helpful. Yeah. I mean, we, we meet her dad in one episode. Yeah. But, 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 we, we, um, but yeah, definitely, um, she uh, doesn't have really much of a backstory that much. We hear, like bits and pieces of her backstory yeah. from like you know from being a science officer under Owen Paris Tom's dad um to like um other things that she has had conflict with before and stuff like that you know just like tidbits of the past yeah but not like a dedicated mm-hmm. like thing for her like an episode of just like exploring her delving yeah. into ourselves like we get a lot of those as some of the other characters like Milan has had dedicated episodes yep. of exploring her past Chakotay too yep and like Tom even having that too and his little his little thing of like his holodeck program of being a hero mm-hmm. uh Captain Proton. learning about him <laughs> yep Captain Proton and being you know looking into that aspect of him and seeing those adventures but Harry Kim kind of gets put as like he's the sidekick. He is the kind of the the dorky love interest of like has crushes all throughout the series, but never really pursues them beyond just like ooh a crush, and like that's it. Yeah, exactly. And it's <laughs> and whenever um, he gets in, uh, whenever Harry gets interested in the woman, Paris is always there to remind him of who he had loved before, who he had a crush on yeah. before. He always yep. mentions it. I mean, he mentioned it. Um, like uh, he mentioned, he got obsessed with a with a hologram, which ended up being like a alien, 
who was more obsessed with Tuvok than Harry. Uh, Seven of Nine, uh, a, a dead crew member who came back, um, and then this this uh, racer person. So yeah. <laughs> it's like whenever he gets a crush on somebody, Paris is always there to mention him who who he had uh, loved in the past. <laughs> yeah, so, always there, and it's always funny whenever it's mentioned. Now, I mean, I didn't get it when I watched Voyager when I was yeah. younger. But now when I watch those episodes now, I always smile because mm-hmm. I know it's coming. It's it, whenever he gets obsessed with a woman, when Harry gets like, like oh, oh, here we go. Here we go. Like It's like on cue, it will happen. So, <laughs> but definitely, uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, you mentioned Chakotay's backstory. Uh, we have a little bit of that. I mean, you know. I mean, the origin of his tattoo, for example, that's a very good episode from season yeah. two of Voyager. I mean, I've only watched it once, but um, I don't know what I call it tattoo, but um, but that's a good episode. I mean, we got a little bit of his backstory and stuff like that, being a Native American, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But we don't know very much about, you know, how he became part of Starfleet, that kind of thing. And the key, like why he decided to join that, like... Yeah, I mean it's pretty much. Impl- I think it's pretty much implied that it was because of his um his home planet was um with the de- with the, the military zone stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, I think that I think that's probably where it came from. I mean it's kind of implied, but um that kind of thing in next generation. That more. Yeah, a little bit more exploration probably would have been nice. Who well, hopefully maybe in a few years maybe we'll get a Chakotay autobiography. Who knows? Yeah. You know? I, you know what I want an autobiography of is Garrick from Deep Space Nine. Oh. I love Garrick. <laughs> you know, it, it, for his character and who he was and just being such an eccentric Cardassian, I absolutely love his character because every other Cardassian, like, you're, like, thinking, like, Galdicott, like, and all these, like, really, like, er, military Cardassians mm-hmm. and all this stuff about, like, wartime with them and everything and you have Garrick who's just a simple tailor (laughs) and but way more than that and it's like you know he gets screen time and stuff but man if there was anyone I'd love to see a little side spin off of it'd be him because I'm like I want to see what he does going back to Cardassia how does he live but you know being exiled and then now going back here at the end it's like how are you how are you perceived by your society uh like how are you treated how are you gonna make a life now being back among your people like that you've been away from for so long and obviously you're kind of a lot different socially and culturally from like but I love Garrick like he's definitely like one of my like favorite characters and just and I love his relationship with Dr. Bashir it's just such a like cute thing and I'm like dang I'm like why don't we get more of that it just kind of like they like kind of just wrote it away and then just never really like talked about it again but I'm like I need we need more Garrick. Come on, guys. Yeah, and I agree with you. That would be an interesting autobiography to read because you know he lies. You gotta believe everything, especially the lies, as he says. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he speaks in lies. He speaks in secrets and lies. I mean, like, oh, you know, you need a new suit, don't you? I'm having a new suit, but like, it's there's more going on there than just what he's saying, and he's not telling the full story. But that's how he kind of, like, he's such an interesting character. Like, and I wish he was explored more than just kind of being like, I don't know. He kind of is 
Rin is like he is a little bit of a relief for scenes just like his personality mm-hmm. but I'm like I want to know how he ended up that way because a lot of Cardassians are not even close to being friendly and he is just the friendliest so yeah I mean I see a lot of I see a lot of like things now I mean 25 years after DS9 you know premiered and stuff like that um I see a lot of people going like you know this is like Bashir and Garrick should have been the first same-sex couple in Star Trek so yeah and I think it's definitely like implied but like I obviously I've given the time period and it's yeah. probably a little bit like they they toyed with it but I'm sure like a lot of writers were like do we want to you want to risk it for a biscuit like are people like are people going to actually appreciate this or are they going to be mad like but I feel like yeah. now given the time and space now like definitely 100 mm-hmm. percent ship it do it <laughs> Yeah, that's what that would have been. That if if the DS nine was made today, that would have probably happened. Hundred percent. Yeah, it yeah. would have happened. You know, because you know we didn't get our first same sex couple until Discovery, with with yeah. uh, Culber and Stamets. But um, well, even like, and that's always like what blows my mind. Like Deep Space Nine is really ahead of its time. Like I feel like a lot of the characters like could have been so developed with it, but like they were toying with a lot of new ideas that are happening in the 21st century for us, going into the 21st century for us, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, versus like trying to reflect that in a later futuristic sci-fi setting. Like, even mm-hmm. someone like Dax, like, being, like, I've seen now becoming an icon of, like, being somebody who can be non-binary or transgender yeah. because Dax is someone who live like, is a co- coexisting being mm-hmm. in another body and chooses different bodies and is not male or female, but chooses based on what they want. And, you know, when people bring that up a lot, being, like, people understand that like Jadzia's I mean goes by she her pronouns but really Dax is not actually that so people know that going in being like oh it's nice to have be I guess like a female and people understand that they're dating something that's non like a, a kind of a cryptid entity like long living and I just I think that's such a cool character like Dr. Bashir I'm like okay let's like really get into like Bashir's love life and interests and dreams and hopes because he has a lot of like People, he's just like, ooh, he gets so starry-eyed by so many people, and I love it. Yeah, I know, I agree with you. He there. had the starry eyes for Garrick. He had the starry eyes for Jadzia, and like, you know, he just, it just is like a continuation of like always being like, ooh, interesting. Yeah, exactly, and it's it's really interesting. I mean, I mean, it's on the borderline. I mean, especially with Bashir and Jadzia, you know, it's kind of creepy at some points but you know it's, oh yeah it, it, but, I mean, it could be a bit much but uh, I, yeah. it's interesting to see someone like him it's like you're a doctor but man you sure like to like hey, creep around I mean not like the enterprise doctor enterprise doctor just straight up like yo I'm into all of this uh, don't judge me or shame me for being a lover hedonist and like he's just kind of a weirdo but it's like yeah. funny but Bashir yeah. kind of is just like he's just a really flirty guy. It just seems like he's just always really easily wooed and like gets into a lot of people. And so it'd be interesting to see maybe more of that side of him besides just being like a passing plot point along the storyline of like. But I'm like I, I ship a, a Garrick and Doctor Bashir side spinoff story for sure. <laughs> yeah, that would be. I I think I think um, Alexander Siddig and um andrew Robinson have done that recently i think it was in the last few months it's on like i think it's on uh Siddig's, uh youtube account 
or something like that. They did like a little audio drama with just Garrick and Bashir talking as they were. And it's like, you know, it's full of, I, I haven't seen it, but um, I know, he, I, I know oh, that they did that okay. recently. So, um, so I know they did that recently. Yeah. And I guess with, even with all of this, like when we talk about, should they stay or should they go? Like, some of this I definitely supported being like, it doesn't even have to be like written into the show. Like I, I'm all for the fan content. And like, mm-hmm. and I said something too, like after this, like after this episode, like I want to ask people to be like, Hey, do you know any created content about these characters? I want to know more about, like, give me books, give me autobiographies, give me like <laughs> memes and, you know, written fanfic about this, because I, I feel like that's part of the joy of Star Trek is like shipping people or people that they wish were written off and like, here's how I wish it would have gone because I don't like this character or here's who I would have written more about or had more screen time of because I like them. Yeah. And I wanted to mention the one character I wish could have gone is Q. <laughs> I mean, I know I he mean, was one of those people that it's controversial. And I know a lot of people love him, but man, he's one of those people. I'm like, can we just not deal with him? <laughs> yeah, that would be like, like nice. Like, he definitely, like, I know he was trying to, like, help, but when, like, the Borg situation, yes, but, like, it didn't need, I mean, it helped, but also he literally killed the Federation people doing yeah. that, being like, oh, well, you got to get over it, Picard, you're losing a few now, but you might lose a few hundred next time, and it's like, he could have, you're, you're a sentient, uh, omnipresent being, like, yeah. please be a little more gentle with humanity here yes definitely you know <laughs> i mean we all know he's coming back for picard um but the interesting uh, when i'm like shoo <laughs> i'm like like shoo like shoo fight don't bother me <laughs> yeah. i mean you know and it's interesting in next generation he's like you know this buffoonish character you know puts puts humanity and stuff like that to the to the hoop so to speak with picard and then yeah. he, uh, and then and then uh, Voyager, you know, you got this other Q who commits suicide. Yeah. And and uh, you know, and you know, he becomes like you know more of a sympathetic, you know, kind of like character, you know, because you know he kind of believes in what this other Q was wanting. He wanted mortality. He wanted, you know, to like self determination as a as a as a as a being you know that kind of thing you know <laughs> you know because not all the q are alike apparently according to Guinan. so not all the q are alike yeah. so <laughs> so it'd be interesting to see um if that is ever carried over and when he comes back next year in picard um is that ever gonna i mean <laughs> is any of that from the voyager episodes that he was in he was in three of them um is is any of that like conflict that he had you know with the other q about self-determination that kind of thing and becoming more like a not necessarily more of a nuisance but more of like you know here here's i'm here what do you want me to do uh <laughs> you know yeah. I think that, I, it's interesting to see what's gonna happen if that if that any of those character traits that he exhibited in those first two episodes of voyager he was in um, carry over to Picard. Is when yeah. he comes back to Picard, is he going to be the same kind of character that he was on Voyager to now? 
I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> it would be interesting to see what happens. So um, that's one character I wish could go. Uh, especially yeah. in especially in next I, I agree. especially in next generation. So um I mean I know that there was I mean he was planned to be in every season, but there's one season he's gone he's not he's absent at all, which is in season five. And I wanted to bring up this I wanted to bring up this little story is because they actually had planned an episode with him, but it didn't go for some reason to the point where they were going to have like a an IQ test. The Enterprise crew was going to go through this IQ test, and and one of the scenes that was written for it um, was like Picard was going to be doing this like TV show theme song guessing game, and yeah. they would and they would have played the original series theme song, and he was going to say, "Oh, it's Gilgan's Island." <laughs> yeah it would have been interesting to see that episode if it was ever made but you know it never did so. yeah it, yeah it's it, there were definitely some characters like written like someone being as crazy strong as Q and everything it's like hey like this either needs like some really hardcore development or it should just not be anywhere like, I get that it's sort of like he's just toying because what why does he care you know yeah. like is kind of a neutral party of just like i i don't i'm not really affected by any of this really but i do care a little bit but like not enough like it's more than just like watching ants on a fucking like on, on like you know just like following around on the sidewalk or something like but he does start caring more because he likes picard and he likes the feeling of actually i think the thing that's cool about q is seeing a sentient like a super sentient being realize how important having a relationship with other people or like being liked and being accepted socially by others is so important you could be the smartest person in the world but it it doesn't doesn't you know cure loneliness and it doesn't cure interaction with others and that's the only thing that I think is redeeming about him because despite literally having no reason to care about humans because nothing he doesn't lose anything by us being gone or anything or the federation he's like I literally doesn't matter to me he yeah. ends up being he ends up finding a lot of weird joy in being sort of liked by the humans or being acknowledged as somebody they will interact with and i think that's special because that goes beyond just being super smart yes totally and yeah that that's definitely like yeah totally that, that, that's a great that's a great point kenzie and then i think another one i want to mention quickly but is the Borg were used so often in Voyager that I wish they would go. Um, yeah. They were used too often, especially... Well, and for something to be so, supposed to be so threatening, Federation, mm-hmm. and such a big plot point of, like, we really have to make sure we avoid these guys. It is kind of wild to see. From them going kind of as, like, an extremely, like, scary villain to, like, kind of just open around in Voyager and like us finding a lot more people who could be unassimilated and like you know and getting away from the Borg they kind of don't seem as scary by the time they get back to Earth it's just like eh I'm like they're kind of annoying but we know how to get around them we we have one that escaped and she's super smart and knows how to mess with them too so yeah like we're we're kind of good to go now yeah exactly that's how I I think the Borg were used too often it's just yeah I, I mean it's unfortunate but 
they were, I think that they were used way too often. So, I mean, yeah. less episodes with the Borg and especially in Voyager probably would have been for the best, but, yeah. uh, but it's just like, it's just, there's just too much. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. I think we're about to wrap, to wrap this one up too. Um, any final thoughts? I just want to hear what people think about who they think should stay or should go. Yep. I hope everyone will be humming that song and thinking about all their series and the people they want to see more of or less of. Yeah, definitely. Let us know. Uh, comment on the on anywhere you can find comments. You can please <laughs> anywhere comments you can leave. You know. And then we can definitely read them on a future episode. So um, next week, episode 15. Um, it's a little kind of crazy because not much has been revealed so far. But uh, we had some set photos re- um, leaked out to the public about Picard season two, which has started filming um, in California. Um, we were going to we're going to do some predictions like it's gonna be like probably a short one who knows um how how we how, depends on how it goes so uh so that's going to be Picard season two predictions it might <laughs> we probably will do multiple episodes like this like this so as the season gets closer to actually being released so so until next week take care and live long and prosper long and prosper